we finally got it. Yesterday, I was able to go, uh, both me and Charlie, we were driving and we checked out the house that I'm going to rent for the family for America Fest down in Phoenix. It's um, kind of between Phoenix Scottsdale. It's not right downtown or anything, but I really, really like it. Total Southwest style. I think the family's going to love it. I think the kids are going to love it. I think the adult kids and the senior kids, like uh, like the two grandpas, are going to enjoy it. And it's going to be really great. So very, very excited to go out there. That's why I went to Phoenix to help do some of the prep work for America Fest. Make sure you get your tickets in now because this thing is going to sell out. You know, people are going to come to me and they're going to say, Poso, you, you, you know, you keep talking about America Fest. You got to get me in. And I'm going to be like, guys, what do you want me to do? I told you, I told you every single day to go to tposa.com backslash America Fest, use promo code POSO, all caps, 25% off. I'll see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. Today's top stories. Ghislaine Maxwell trial has been delayed or was delayed yesterday as several jurors went missing. They didn't show up. We'll talk about why. Next, new text messages show that Chris Cuomo of CNN was digging up intel on his brother's accusers. Third, the Pfizer CEO has called for annual vaccinations. going to be like your flu shot. And finally, CNN's uh, Brian Stelter melting down over President Biden memes. You've got to watch this clip. All this is more head human events daily. So the Ghislaine Maxwell trial has begun, or did it begin? Because it was actually delayed a little bit yesterday. If you read the Miami Herald's uh, account of all this, you go down about 12 paragraphs into the story. And what do you find? The trial got off to a bumpy start when several potential jurors couldn't be found. One of them forgot about the trial, and two others said they couldn't serve because of various issues. In one instance, a potential juror said her husband had just surprised her with a trip during the holidays that would interfere with her serving for the trial, which is expected to last three to six weeks. Do you understand what's going on here, folks? Do you understand? None of them want to serve on this jury. That husband, he's a hero. He's trying to protect his wife. He says, get out. Do not be involved with any. Once he found out what case it was and which one they were actually going to be serving on, he's like, we're skipping town. We're getting out of the country. We're getting as far away as possible. Do not serve on that jury. Don't even be anywhere near involved with anything about Epstein, Lady Epstein, uh, any of this stuff. So go listen to how the trial has been covered. And actually, Inside Edition had a pretty good clip on it. Take a listen. The sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell got underway today. The socialite is accused of grooming underage girls for her former boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein, who killed himself in prison in 2019. Maxwell's family claims she's being horribly mistreated in a jail that's been described as a hellhole. With her head held high, a Jeffrey Epstein victim shows up at court for a historic day the trial of Epstein's ex-girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell. Sarah Ransom says she was repeatedly raped on Epstein's private Caribbean island getaway when she was 22. Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial for allegedly training and recruiting young women for Epstein's private harem. She denies all allegations. 
Inside Edition reporter Allison Hall was in the courtroom. Ghislaine Maxwell was wearing a cream sweater and her dark hair was down to her shoulders with a white face mask while she listened intently to the prosecutors present to the jury. They told the jury that Ghislaine and Epstein were partners in crime, finding and grooming young teenage girls to be sexually abused. Maxwell has spent the last 17 months in the notorious Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, once described as a hellhole and the target of protest in 2019 who said there was no heat or power. Quite a downfall for the former socialite who counted Britain's Prince Andrew and former President Bill Clinton as her friends. She even attended Chelsea Clinton's wedding. When she was arrested in July last year, she was found living in secret in a hideaway mansion in New Hampshire. 59-year-old Maxwell claims she is enduring smelly toilets and has to eat moldy salad. Every 15 minutes at night, she has a flashlight shined in her eyes to make sure she doesn't commit suicide, as Epstein did. This photo of her with a black eye was released by her lawyer earlier this year. Her wealthy siblings have even complained to the United Nations that she's being subjected to degrading treatment. For Ghislaine Maxwell, is this culture shock? There is no doubt it is the culture shock of her lifetime. Justin Paperni served 18 months for securities fraud. He advises defendants about to go to prison. The more she complains about that environment, the more it's going to feed those that say, good, I hope it gets even worse. It's a world that in her wildest dream she never would have imagined. Now, I want to be very clear about what's going on. I went on Charlie Kirk's podcast yesterday and talked about this. The Ghislaine Maxwell trial is an attempt to make you anti-interested. It is an anti-interest propaganda campaign, or there's a disinformation campaign around it. I don't mean the case itself, but be very careful about what we're talking about here. There's the Epstein network, and then there's Ghislaine Maxwell herself. They want you focused on Ghislaine Maxwell. They don't want you focused or asking any questions about that Epstein network and who was in that little black book. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to say anything about this. They want Ghislaine Maxwell to be the first and last thing you hear about this. And her lawyers, absolute travesty. They're terrible. I'm telling you right now, she is on a quick and easy path to a conviction. The victims are coming up to testify. And Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers are attacking the victims. They're bickering about technicalities in their opening statement. Why? Because they have no actual defense. They have no actual evidence that she's innocent of these crimes. There was potentially a path forward, but this, no. Ghislaine, take the deal, name the names, save yourself, name the names of the Epstein network. So I was just in Phoenix the other day. I'm in Los Angeles today, and then I'm heading back to Washington, D.C. But one thing I was actually able to do uh, while I was on the flight from D.C. to Phoenix was logged into the Wi-Fi, went to MyPillow.com, and I said, you know what? I got a couple of hours. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to get my Christmas order in. I'm going to get everything for my family. I'm going to get some stuff that I can donate to our local church. They're doing a Christmas drive for needy families. I'm going to do it all through MyPillow.com, and it was really fast. It was really easy to do it. One thing I found that was so convenient is because, of course, I'm going to use promo code POSO, right? So I use promo code POSO. So you know how you put it in when you add an item to the cart. Well, what's really nice is if you do that once, then you go and you're ordering other items before you make your checkout. 
it automatically loads the promo code for each of the items as you go. So you don't have to do it automatically or you don't have to do it manually for each one. So I just thought that was a really convenient way to help out. And for you guys, for your families, for yourselves, if you want to do a donation drive this Christmas, go to mypillow.com, use promo code POSO. You will not do wrong on that site, finding your next gifts. But one family that is probably not going to be having a very nice Christmas is the Cuomo family. So sorry, not really. From the free beacon, Chris Cuomo shared intel on brother's accuser text messages show. We're going to talk about these text messages, and we're also going to talk about the fact that CNN and the majority of the mainstream media didn't cover this at all. However, in a, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, a rare moment of journalism, NBC News actually covered this scandal. Take a listen. Over nearly 11 hours of questioning under oath. Yes, I do. About allegations of sexual harassment. If somebody were to sit on my lap, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, push them off, you know. But as a general rule, no. Then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was at times testy with investigators. Do you understand what a girlfriend is? Oh, girlfriend means different things to different people. Denying claims by former administration official Lindsey Boylan that he asked her to play strip poker. Never happened. Disputing that he made an unwanted advance to Anna Rook at a wedding, the photo published in the New York Times. Do you remember ever asking her on any occasion, uh, can I kiss you, may I kiss you? No, I don't remember that. Videos of Cuomo and six of his accusers released today by the New York Attorney General's office. Cuomo will be arraigned in January for allegedly groping an aide's breast at the executive mansion in December 2020. Though not named in the complaint, the story mirrors that of executive assistant Brittany Camiso. I remember his hand just sliding right up my blouse. Cuomo insists that never happened. It would be an act of insanity to touch a woman's breast and make myself vulnerable to a woman uh, for such an accusation. Today's release also includes an interview with his brother, CNN's Chris Cuomo, and text messages showing he tried to help the governor's staff by checking his sources about new accusers. The free beacon continues. A new trove of text messages was released as part of New York Attorney General Letitia James' investigation of former Governor Andrew Cuomo. And it shows that current CNN host, Chris Cuomo, contacted friends in the media industry, his buddies, he's very well connected in New York media, obviously, to find out which news organizations planned to publish stories about his brother's alleged victims. He also texted with advisors in the governor's office saying he had a lead on one of the alleged victims. The exchanges were largely with Melissa DeRosa, a longtime aide to Andrew Cuomo. And longtime listeners of Human Events Daily will know that I said, Melissa, you need to walk away from the Cuomo family and you need to do so immediately. She finally did, but not after, not until after the damage was done. Melissa, you got involved with the wrong family. You backed the wrong horse. You never should have gotten involved with the Cuomos. You never should have hung your hack on them. You never should have hitched your wagon to that horse. This is bad. This is really bad, not only for Melissa DeRosa, um, who should go to jail for her crimes and her involvement in this, but for Chris Cuomo. How can you have him on? 
after this. And even the Atlantic, I mean, the Atlantic is as far left as it gets. They are part of the narrative police of the regime. They are part of the actual commissars that protect the regime. They're also huge, huge backers of overseas wars, everything else. They want the prestige and power of the mainstream media to be returned. This is a huge problem for them because everyone could see when Chris Cuomo and his brother, the governor, were going on TV together talking about cotton swabs and all this junk during the pandemic. And then all this stuff comes out and we find out that not only was Chris Cuomo, not only was he supporting his brother. And I could see that, by the way, I could see someone saying, I stand by my brother, right? I get that. I'm a family guy. I have a brother, but I don't have a brother like that. And I didn't use my position, right? to do what Chris Cuomo did. He went to his sources in media and tried to use them to attack or prepare attacks on the possible victims of Cuomo. This is a huge problem. CNN needs to fire him immediately. He needs to step down. Chris Cuomo, you already lost all credibility. It's time for you to lose your job. Well, we've got a new update from our medical overlords from FISA. By the way, that's why I have to say it, FISA. It's uh, the proud German pronunciation of the, of the uh, pharmaceutical company, FISA. Here is the FISA CEO calling for a new answer, a new response to Omicron, the other variants that are coming out. What does he say? It's very simple. We're going to have annual vaccinations. Isn't that nice? It'll be just like the flu shot. Take a listen. So, Albert, if... You do um, sort of adapt your vaccine all the time, and we can do it quickly, and, and you're able to do that sort of in a, a flu vaccine-type fashion um, to the new variants from COVID. Do you foresee that, that this would be, would you call it a booster? We'd get a, another booster every year, or, or it would be a modified booster that, that that's... Uh, would provide uh, a better antigenic response than, than the original vaccine. Well, do you see this happening every year? We either get a booster, a boost, a regular booster of the same vaccine or a slightly different vaccine every year to, to deal with uh, what we're seeing with these mutations? Is that, is that what you foresee? It's, it's almost like a, I mean, for Pfizer, you'd be selling these things every year. Not that you want to do that. I'm sure you're not hoping for that, but it would be almost like an annuity for Pfizer. Yeah. I, I did make a projection months ago that the most likely scenario it is that we will need after the third dose annual revaccinations against COVID for multiple reasons because of the immunity that will be waning because of the virus that I'm sure will be maintained around the world for the years to come and also because of the need of, uh, of um, um, variants that will emerge. I'm more confident right now that this will be the case than I was when I made uh, the projection. I think we are going to have an annual revaccination. I don't know how we're going to call it, but it will be an annual revaccination, and that should be able to keep us really safe. An annual vaccination to keep us all really safe. Do you feel safe? Don't you feel great, everyone? And I think the dirty little secret in a lot of this is that people made claims, people like uh, President Biden made claims saying things like, if you get vaccinated, you can't get COVID. If you get vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. If you get vaccinated, you can't spread the disease. 
that obviously has failed to be the case and continues to fail to be the case. However, one thing that I'm not hearing a lot of from uh, anyone in corporate media, regime media in terms of all of this is the fact that the South African doctor that discovered the Omicron variant is going around telling everybody that it's not as deadly, it's not as severe as previous variants. That seems like it should be a good thing. Like, don't worry about this vaccine, this uh, this strain as much. That being said, we're not hearing that because, of course, there's no incentive for anyone to do that. But next up, I have an interesting take. Nancy Mace, Rep. Nancy Mace of South Carolina, who I've called a Fed on numerous occasions. Listen to what she just did. She's got caught in a two-faced scam on Fox News and CNN. Uh, in some studies that I've read, natural immunity gives you 27 times more protection against future COVID infection than a vaccination. And so we need to take all of the science into account and not selectively choosing what science to follow when we are making policy decisions. Uh, and and I, I've been a proponent of vaccinations and, and wearing masks when we need to. And we had the Delta variant raging in South Carolina. I wrote an op-ed to my community and I've worked with our State Department of Health. I've run ads encouraging uh, my district to go and get vaccinated. And when we have these variants and we have these spikes to take every precaution from washing our hands to wearing the N95 or KN95 masks uh, more than the medical masks, there is a significant, statistically significant uh, number of people that are protected from COVID when they wear those masks. And I just, re I just returned from the Indo-Pacific region. Uh, now, Nancy Mace, we see what you did. You went on Fox and you talked about natural immunity because you're pandering to one audience. Then you go to CNN and you're talking about uh, masks and vaccine because you're pandering to that audience. And I'll give you one shout out. Nancy Mace recently went to Taiwan. She stood with the people of Taiwan and I think that's commendable and I think that's a really good thing. But at the same time, the people of America are the ones you represent. And the people of America deserve better than to have a two-faced representative talking out of both sides of your mouth. It's quite simple. Pick your team and stay on it and stop lying to people. Just stop lying, Nancy. So one of the big news items from yesterday that I ever think everybody caught was the uh, resignation of Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. This is terrible for free speech. This is really bad. This means the wokes have won. Dorsey was one of the last bulwarks against a full-on woke-topian takeover of Twitter. That's what's going to happen now, and the new CEO is already talking about censorship and ways to undermine the First Amendment. That is why, folks, it's time to get into the lifeboats. It's time to start moving off of Twitter, and I've already done that. I've set up a getter page, and the traction on there that we've been getting, the engagement is fantastic. Go get on Getter. It's G-E-T-T-R. It's fantastic. You will find like-minded people. You will find a ton of top influencers, um, conservatives, as well as some people who are conservative um, lawmakers and even uh, elected officials and pop culture icons are going all on Getter. Get on Getter today. Get on the lifeboats get off of Twitter. But there's one person who's not very happy with social media. And of course, it's Brian Stetler. And I don't think I've ever seen that guy happy in his life. He seems a very uh, sad and abysmally droll individual. But unfortunately for him, we get to watch his show and laugh at this hour-long misery session every Sunday. 
So he's out there trying to uh, see what he can do to carry water for President Biden in his completely failed agenda. And he says the problem with the polling isn't the administration or anything they've ever done. No, it's the memes. It's the memes on social media. Take a listen to this. Progressive quarters of the press have been gripped with alarm about whether people are hearing about wins, whether they are hearing about bills passed and victories achieved, or whether Joe and Jane consumer are mostly hearing about let's go Brandon mostly just laughing at Biden. The poll numbers have been a real focus. Um, th this focus group by the center-left group Third Way found that Virginia voters could not name anything that Democrats had done, except a few who said we passed an infrastructure bill. That's the quote from the report. So the meta story is Biden has not changed anything, has not fixed anything. Folks on TV cover the daily dimensions of the Build Back Better bill and every other story under the sun. But the overall narrative is they are all fighting in D.C. and we are not benefiting. Is that a right wing narrative? Maybe. It certainly helps the right wing. It's always easier to condemn than create. Always easier to mock than make. But there's something bigger going on here. Something bigger than Biden. The media universe has fundamentally changed. Or actually, it's better to say it is changing every day in ways that make America a different country to govern, a more difficult country to govern. It is increasingly a country with many alternative facts. Disproving viral tweets is different than debunking a TV ad. Combating meme makers is different than rebutting newspaper columnists. And the memes are pretty powerful sometimes. My suburban grocery stores never had empty shelves like that, but the messaging here saying that Biden is to blame for anything bad about the economy, it is clearly sticking to some degree. Even though economists believe GDP is going to surge this quarter, even though the American recovery is historically strong after the pandemic, the meta story is that we are in choppy waters. As Jonathan Chait wrote in this New York Magazine cover story, nobody can ascertain exactly why the public has turned so sour, sour so fast. He said Biden is like a patient wasting away from un, some unrecognizable, sorry, undiagnosable disease. I feel bad for Brian Settler. I really do. It's like, dude... You're obviously a stress eater, right? Stop focusing so much of your life and your energy on this. Walk away. Just what you know, doesn't mean you have to go and become a conservative. Just walk away, right? Get yourself together. Get some mental, emotional discipline. Start praying more. Start exercising. You will do much better, my friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for myself here in Los Angeles, California. I promise, I know, I am not going to be spending too much time out on the street. As I tell everybody, get out of cities. That's why I'm fortunately in a safe location, and I'm far, far away from any of the problem areas. But I'm still going to be quite wary. That being said, remember to share this podcast out with everyone. Be part of the Influence Agent Network. Be good, be brief, be gone. That's our motto. Today's moment of history, really good one. In 1835, today was the day Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, was born. One of my favorite quotes from him, simply this, never let your schooling interfere with your education. And that's what we do here every day on Human Events Daily. Information, not indoctrination. Go read Mark Twain because you know they're going to cancel him. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.